It's Munich, it's October, and for the real estate industry, that means Expo Real. While less attended than in previous years, conversations were just as intense with questions around the future of the workplace, how the real estate industry tackles the sustainability challenge, and how crucial technology will be for the sector, and how alternative, alternative sectors really are. Russell Handy in the podcast studio at JLL Expo Real Munich 2021. I'm joined by Stuart Crowe, CEO of Capital Markets APAC. Hi, Stuart. Russell, how are you? Not bad. Thanks for joining us today. Pleasure. While we're in Munich, let's start with something that's obviously quite relevant, I think, right now to most of the people attending here, is um, certainly from the investor perspective, how investors are looking at APAC. Uh, I know that some of the big names in Germany uh, have made some significant inroads in recent years into your region. How's that playing out and will it continue? Yeah, Asia continues to be a destination for, for global capital. Uh, there's Transparency is improving around the region and, and transaction volumes year on year have continued to, to rise and I think this year again will be will be a record year. So it's driven by some of the same themes that are relevant in other parts of the world. There's a lot of liquidity uh, both locally but from, from global investors and they're all trying to increase their allocation to certain markets in, in Asia Pacific and partly because of the growth opportunities that, that the region provides. Uh, and we've seen that in some very large deals recently, particularly in the logistics sector, uh, China, Japan, Australia, all very attractive markets. And we see that continuing. You mentioned transparency there briefly, uh, Stuart. I'd like to look at that a little bit more detail, actually, because one of the ways transparency always improves is through REITs. Uh, and that's obviously been the case in APAC with, with China and India. Uh, the REIT market there is obviously on its way now. Uh, and I think that must give some comfort as well to those investors who are looking at APAC from outside. Yeah, I think transparency has improved in, in Asia Pacific. It's, it's typically been a, an opaque market, um, perhaps with the exception of, of Australia. But just by virtue of all those transactions that I talked about, there's more and more data points there's a lot better um, recording of data and uh, and deal intelligence. Uh, but REITs have also played a part. You know, it, it helps with liquidity. It helps with really the sophistication of the capital markets. And so we're seeing REIT legislation in India. We're seeing it in China. And certainly the, the Singapore and Australian and Japanese REIT markets have, have really provided comfort for, for investors in that market. And specifically, again, within REITs then, Stu, if we just drill down a little bit further there, does that allow for more specialists to come into the sectors? Yeah, I think, we, again, we talk about transparency and sophistication, and, and part of that has been uh, the sector specialisation. Uh, and investors into Asia-Pacific are very focused on the growth that is available in, in those markets, and it, it's very particular in, in some of the emerging asset classes, logistics and data centres. And we've seen REITs be really a byproduct of that, the investment volumes, the interest, and we're seeing real sector specialists um, evolve in all of the markets around Asia-Pacific. And just finally, Stuart, what do APAC investors specifically value about European commercial real estate? Well, again, we talked about global liquidity and, and Asian investors are, um, are very big investors globally uh, now. And there's a huge amount of wealth that's been created with a, this rising uh, middle class in, in Asia Pacific. So whether it be private investors, whether it be insurance funds or, or pension funds, sovereign wealth funds from Asia, they're all becoming very active um, globally. And they're all very, very large in their, in their home markets. So if you take Korean uh, investors, for example, um, they've really got a lot of uh, investments in their home countries 
So clearly they're looking to go overseas for diversification uh, to remove that sort of centralisation. But they've got all of this money that really needs to to be active and to be re- returning income to the to the uh, investors. So yeah, we do see that absolutely continuing. We've seen different pockets of of capital being being less active or more active this year. And so the, we've mentioned the Korean investors uh, really really active across all of the all of the global markets and and Europe in particular holds a lot of attraction to them. We talked before about transparency. We talked about longer term stable income, so longer lease terms, uh, freehold title, all of those things that are important to to um, large global investors. So Europe absolutely provides that. So Korean investors very active. Singapore investors, I think the largest um, capital source in in the world, and some very high profile deals this year. We've seen some of the Chinese investors be be maybe less active um, this year, and we've talked a lot uh, as a firm about the rising um, Japanese investors, and we do think that that's going to be the next wave of capital that's going going around the world. Good. Thanks very much for your time, Stuart. Thank you.